This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. We heard all about the Making Our Farm Safer project from John Darcy, who travels Victoria helping farmers with their records and procedures. But what is it like from the farmer's perspective? What do they learn from an audit? I travel to Karen, west of Donald, and asked those questions to Jason Mellings, second-generation farmer, in between two COVID-19 lockdowns. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's five times I've cancelled this, so it's good to be here, actually. It is, it is, and what a beautiful place this is. This is really the country of the sky, isn't it? Plus, you've got trees around the farm, and it's intimate in a huge landscape. Yeah, look, I've had a bit of a go on planting trees the last 20 years, or between me and my father, so previous generation, so yes, here we are. How long has the family been living in Karen for? My father, he came from Nil, the other side in the Warwick actually, so he came here with not much. And my mother was a school teacher coming out of Sananad, and that was 1960, and so I'm only really the, the second generation, so I haven't been here long at all compared to a lot of other people around the area. Wow, that's interesting. What made your family move here? I think it was a bit of a run-down farm. It was the only thing you could afford, really, to be honest. He told me a story. He said a lot of the neighbours said, you won't be here in five years' time. He said, you won't see since 1965, but anyway, we're still here. <laughs> Excellent. And obviously you have done a lot of improvements around. What, have you, what kind of work has happened since 1965? Back in 1970, that house was modified. It's basically a new one. Yeah, look, just what you see, silos, shear and shed, Weybridge, more trees. And yeah, progressively bought a bit more ground, better machinery, etc., etc. like most standard farms, really. How big is the farm? Oh, it's probably... Two, two and a half thousand hectares, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And what do you grow? Uh, wheat, barley, canola, lentils, beans. And you are someone who knows John Darcy. That's right, I am. Tell me, what made you contact John? I shouldn't use the word fear, but I will. I guess probably because I was just thinking about the whole litigation thing. If something, look, I do have quite a few employees come and go over harvest, cropping, etc. If something happens to one of these guys, we're in a fair bit of strife, so I need some kind of a platform to stand on, like OH&S WorkSafe platform, so I thought, well, John's the man to set that up, so he came out for a day and bought a USB stick and showed me all the stuff on the computer, and we just went from there, really, had a walk around, a bit of a safety inspection, there's a few things to improve on, and that was that. How did you hear about uh, John and the, the service? But look, he's been advertised fairly extensively, and yeah, I actually thought I'd just give him a call and take it up. Do you know any other neighbours who might have done that as well? I do. There's probably half a dozen I could, I could name. There's probably more. So that's, it's, the take-up's been pretty good, actually. What did you learn from it? John told me that first it starts with sitting at the table, the kitchen table or the dining room table, and talking about stuff. Is this what happened with you? Most of the whole thing was, was exactly that. It was really just went through inductions, uh, litigation aspects, and just your basic fundamentals of safety guards and things like that you know bollards around chem tanks etc etc and that led into just basically if the farm's relatively neat neat and tidy with signage yeah that was pretty much it and also the fact that it's an ongoing thing so I mean you might start now but you just work on it every year you might have a bucket list of things to tick off might take you five years because I mean let's face a lot of things aren't that cheap like for example one of the things we put in was a chem fill station at the chemicals put up a chemical shed with a proper loading bay with an evaporation pond and I mean, it wasn't that dear, but still, that's just one thing we did this year. 
well last year actually, this year we're going to put up a new fuel tank and it'll be the same type of thing. So you just every year you just do something. After five years you look back and voila. So it's just an ongoing process really. And tell me, have you had any WorkSafe inspections? No, I haven't. Apart, okay. from, apart from the one John did, no, not yet. Few of the neighbours have, but fortunately or unfortunately I haven't. So, yes. It sounds like you're well prepared for one anyway. If it's not in place, it's in the plan that you can show and that's going to happen. Look, John's probably got as much experience or more than those guys. I mean, he's been in it for 25 years or more and he had a good look around and we were pretty good. And I think by default, most places are. I mean, if you take machinery compared to, say, say a harvester back in 1980, you had half a dozen guards on it, which everyone took off and put in the bin or on the back of the workshop. Whereas now, a harvester nowadays got one big panel each side. You flick a switch and the thing pops up and that's it. So by default, machines are better as far as all that goes. So most things, and you know, all field bins and silos are all self-emptying now. So by default, most things are pretty up to standard anyway. Something that I found interesting was that the mental health, I guess harassment, bullying, that kind of stuff was also part of the plan you need to have and you need to address those things when you have people coming and working for you. Did you know that? I'm really glad you asked that because we actually went through this last harvest. Fortunately, we pulled it up to a degree, but we had a guy here that for some particular reason thought that he was not actually just a worker. He thought he was actually a manager. And the way he spoke to some of the other guys here was disgusting. The way he used to even look at me was not really flash. And he used to get my back up, I'll admit that. To the point it came to a head one night, we nearly had a punch on. Fortunately, the guy that was causing the issue was smart enough to realise the other guy can fight and he's big. And he drove up the end of the paddock in the chaser bin. But he asked for everything he got. Now, I defused the situation and sorted it out and had a good talk to him. But... It's not good, and I think, unfortunately, it's something a boss. And, I mean, look, let's face it, I'm, I'm not a psychologist or a counsellor. I'm not trained in that area, but you've just got to have some common sense and try and, you know, it's part of the facets of being in this industry. You've got to be able to do that. And it doesn't matter whether it's a farm or a building site, these things happen. Yeah, that whole mental health thing with that is something the guys have got to be aware of for sure. One thing I will say is, as well as H&S or WorkSafe documentation, we sign up when guys come on here, We've got a thing, it's called Workplace Culture Contract, and that just basically outlines all the other peripheral things that go with it. So all the rubbish you have during the day, like Coke cans, etc., go on the bin when you finish that night. You don't just throw them out in the driveways to drive back to the farm that night. And they do do that. We had a guy last year, it was exactly like that. I mean, I used to find soft drink cans in the trucks, like... The tank steps on the truck, there was Coke cans, even the, the drop-down legs, wind-down legs on the semi-trailers, the little feet on the bottom, there was Coke cans shoved in that because they're too lazy to put them in the bin. This is all written up in this workplace culture so that if they're doing that, I say, mate, when you signed up for this job, that was written down, you signed that, so put your stuff in the bin. And it's the same with workplace bullying, swearing at people and disrespect, that's in there as well so that... If there's any issues, say, mate, when you took this job and you're paid well, you're fed and housed, that's part of it. You treat these guys with respect. If there's any issues, you come and see me. I was asking, your not job is to, just to run people. you just got to drive that machine. That's it. So, yes, good question. And it pays to be prepared, obviously. It does, yeah. You do have to prepare because guys can present really well when, they first, when you first meet them. 
But after about a week, the cracks open up and everyone gets a bit tired and a bit comfortable and bang, it's on. So. And as the leader, you really have to keep your eyes and ears open. And look, as a leader, whether you like it or not, in this game, like in my position, which most guys are that are going to listen to this pod- podcast, you are a leader, you are a boss, you're a counsellor, you're a psychologist, you've got to read the play constantly. You know, you've, you've gone out of being a farmer growing crop to running people. You're now running people. It's as simple as that. That contract with all those provisions for, let's call it mental health, is it something that people sign each time they come and get a job with you? Yeah, just one-off really. So, I mean, for example, this harvest, I've got a couple of new guys will hopefully start. So they'll sign up and go through it. Probably takes about half an hour to go through it all. I've actually got a friend of mine who does this and she actually comes in and does a whole lot for me. And it, it actually works really well because I'm not the bully boy. It's a facilitator that does it, and I just back her up and agree with them. She says, or she might hand something over to me, what do you think, Jason? I'll go, bang, yep, this is how it works. And she writes it up, signs it all up. And that takes a bit of heat off me. She takes all the heat, really, and it works quite well, actually. That's great, yeah. Plus, she's doing all the legwork, all the paperwork. So she comes out, big stack of paper, everyone sign, sign, sign. All gets put on a computer, done. When you had the consultancy and um, the audit, what was the thing that you went, oh, I hadn't thought about that? Yeah, probably the main thing, I hadn't thought about signs, just on chem sheds, diesel tanks, you know, hearing protection signs in the workshop, just a few of those things. Hadn't thought about that. And probably bollards, just around the, where we load the, the boom spray, there's, we put shuttles just on the concrete there next to the wall. And he said, really, you probably should have some bollards around, which is not a bad idea. Even around the UAN tank, probably need a couple of bollards there. And look, it probably wouldn't have helped, but we actually did have a contractor come with a load of UAN the other day and actually hit one of them. So maybe if there's a bollard there, it might have prevented that. Would you recommend this service to farmers who are listening to this podcast? I would recommend this service for sure. Look, there's plenty of platforms out there that cost money. John Darcy, he's top of the tree there and he's been doing it for 25 years, knows his stuff and he's really good at what he does. So look, that's where I'll be going. I mean, if you get a facilitator in after that, just like I have, just to help out with the paperwork and get it done, that's a great idea as well. But if you don't want to do that, yeah, just get John to do it and away you go. Or both. That's what I've done, both. Is there anything else that you would like to mention? Look, I've just had a few notes here and I guess someone asked me, what are the three reasons why you do it? I said, one is we don't want people to get hurt, whether it's a family member, an employee or yourself. The other one thing is... Litigation, I mean, we don't want to... Because the problem is you have all the OH&S and do everything 100%, 100% right, but things still happen, you know. We're dealing with machinery, fatigue, tides, and so rah, rah, So if something does happen, we end up in court, for example, with WorkSafe, at least if you've got some inductions written down, some all the stuff you've done on paper, and they have a work a worksite uh, inspection, and it comes up to speed, at least they can say, oh, this guy's try it was just an accident. But, I mean, if you've got no maintenance records, for example, no inductions or anything and you haven't really tried, I don't know how you'd go. Maintaining good documentation is one thing I do do. I mean, we keep logbooks on all our farm gear. Um, it actually does work pretty good. But, I mean, if something happens to the machine and a worksite officer comes in and says, look, what maintenance have you done to this tractor? Well, it's all written on a little screen inside the cab, but they don't know that. But if you've got all the hourly services written down on a bit of paper, you know, like on a book, costs you five bucks in office works. That's all I do. I just jot it down, hours and the date and what we've done. He can say, we've got a record of history here of servicing. 
Basically, I think you've addressed everything that needed to be addressed. The most important thing is that there is a service available which is free to all Victorian farmers and it's well worth using. Yep. Yes, agree. Tick. And you've learned a lot from it and you've got a plan. Keeping records has been very important and it seems to me that you really are on the ball. And I would like to thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me outside on the road, (laughs) just outside your property, because we do respect COVID rules. (laughs) Thank you so much. And it's been fantastic coming over here and seeing another bit of the Wimmera. No, pleasure. Thank you, Bridget. It was really good. That was Jason Mellings talking about making his farm safer and compliant. You will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes. Until next, have a healthy life, won't you? Farmer wants a healthy life.